Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of directed video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Retreat of the Godfather. Retreat of the Godfather, a powerful mob boss had very expensive antique vases stolen from him. The theft is blamed on a high-ranking officer, Andy, played by Wai Lam, and his partner. Someone is framing them, so now they have to go around the city trying to find the actual thieves to save their name and their lives. Screenplay by Chi Shang Shai and Ji Shang Lu, directed by Chi Hua Chen, and released in Hong Kong on January 25th, 1991. And also, as always, I want to apologize for any mispronunciations of foreign language names. That always happens. Uh, I know you've never seen it, but have you heard of this movie before? No, I haven't. And we haven't, so far, no one has come at us for saying something wrong. That's good. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like even, even American-based names, I mess up sometimes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh it's no no disrespect intended but you know it's just something yeah we try to learn we, the pronunciation yeah. and like repeat it so many times before we record so it's just there's always a a, a brain mouth disconnect that happens sometimes yeah. and just yeah yeah, this is this is a movie that, I, that I've had in my video collection for a while. I bought it from Family Video when they're moving all of their VHSs out of their shelves. I grabbed a whole bunch of them, and this happened to be one. And so when we were putting together the list of this project, um, I noticed, oh hey, this is this is a random one that I just happened to have. It's a. Uh, it's it's a pretty typical martial arts adventure movie, I would say. Yeah, it's like a TV movie slash comedy. I'm just like a sitcom dramedy. I don't know. It, it was giving me. I don't want to say Maurel's place, but it was giving me <laughs> something like that type of vibe. I don't know. Sure. I mean, I get it because it's, yeah, they're... okay. One, <laughs> the plot moves extremely fast. There's like no fat in any of these scenes. It's basically like they have the dialogue that they need to have and then they get out and move on to the next scene there's no like goodbyes there's no whatever it's just you know right this guy's betraying you well what and then cut to the next scene and and something else is happening but each cut scene had like a song or some sort of medley between it and it was like either family comedy or like 80s cop show yeah 
Yeah, so yeah, the music was done by Sulam Tong, and again, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Um, but it's it's a wide variety of musical types in this. It's almost all synthesized. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, which all uh, synthesized. I I like all the synthesizer-y stuff. But then there but was. But it's not all action movie-ish. No, some of it was just kind of like something you would hear on like Family Matters between certain scenes like especially with that mom like the goofy mom yeah i don't even know what her deal was to be honest like is she just there to be like the the comedy relief i guess yeah i mean but is she meant to be completely oblivious to everything just out of it (laughs) i guess so i don't know it it's it's a weird thing to begin with uh like, all the different relationships are kind of tough to, to get a grasp on. And then also it's kind of... There's so many characters that it's also tough to understand who is who name-wise. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I was... Most of my notes are, oh, this guy, Alan, he's actually... He's the friend who works yeah, for the I don't even know who was boss. who. I don't even know anyone's names <laughs> besides, like, Kwong. And then there was... Um, I had Andy's to, the main guy. Yeah, I had to look up. And Phil is his partner. All I know is the actors' names. Like it was Y and Phi. I actually couldn't really tell who was Phil. Okay, they were the two henchmen of the boss. But I mean, like in real life, I don't know which person played Phil. Yeah. Yeah. The, I tried to keep up with the names and stuff and then they the name of their their um right there's just like two different gangs <laughs> i guess there's you know the the guy who gets his vases stolen they're attacked by these men of the su tin sao gang the boss of like a rival triad who steals their vases mm-hmm and then there's the boss who suspects treason. And then Ching. Ching Wai. I don't know his last name in the movie. That's Okay, so <laughs> here, here's why we're having so much trouble with this, right? There's no opening credits. Yeah. There's no ending credits. No, it IMDb just. IMDb does begins. not have character names except for one, which is wrong. And so, like, what we're trying to do is, like, we're trying to match the the names the that we've heard in this English dub with kind of poor audio quality because we're watching a VHS. That's basically that's really the only way to watch it unless you can find like a imported or bootleg DVD of it. And so, like, some of the names, like, honestly, I think it's Ching, but sometimes I heard Jin or Jing. But that could be just uh, whatever dialect. Right, but, like, I don't know which one is supposed to be right, or if, right. like, all three are okay. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's that's part of the issue there, too. Um, so, yeah, like, building, like, the cast and crew list, it was done by pulling pictures off the internet by typing these people's names, and then, like, oh, okay, I recognize that person, that was Andy. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way I know, is matching pictures with the character names I was able to hear. And I didn't get any of the women... I, I, no, I, I don't even know the girlfriend's match. name. She was just Tina. The, oh, okay, Tina. She, yeah. she was like the girlfriend to me. Yeah, there, there's Tina, and then there's either Anna or Emma. Both sounded right. Mm-hmm. Which is Ching's girlfriend, 
yeah. slash person, whatever. Uh, like not really girlfriend, like ex girlfriend who he abandoned and then came. Well, not yeah, abandoned. He, he went. He went to prison. Yeah, he went to prison <laughs> and then came back and then she was so happy to see him. But then he's doing revenge stuff. Yeah, he like he's. She wants him to live a normal life after going to jail, but he's going back to his old ways, and she's not into it. And then there's the mom. And so like yeah, like, <laughs> which I don't even know the mom's name. She was just yeah. the mom. And so I, I was trying to find, and like none of the pictures, because this is a movie from like 30 years ago, and there's only like one or two pictures online, and some of them are much more contemporary, it was tougher for me to match up the person with the name. So... Anyway, that that's part of the problem when you have a movie that isn't super popular to begin with. This was released in video 1994, and it wasn't, you know, obviously a big, big hit. <laughs> no, I'm, well, the distribution company, the Golden Sun Film Company, which is like still in, still employing, still distributing things, but not as much as they were in the mid 80s to the early 90s and reading up on this movie just some reviews people were saying that about the golden age of hong kong cinema and this was during that time so the mid 80s to the mid 90s pretty much this specific distribution company golden sun film they would churn out over 200 movies a year because of the popularity of these quote unquote hong kong films. and it was mainly just because of all these movies that became so popular in the u.s yeah and from I don't hong think this kong is one of them that got well, yeah this popular. wasn't it but yeah. they were like okay let's just churn out hundreds of movies and just come up with like a basic story and yeah, show it, cool fighting it is it is a really basic story yeah at the root of it all it's basically like these two guys are trying to stop the robbers they do stop the robbers to an extent but somehow the bases still get away and then they're blamed for it and people think that they're in on it but really it's the right hand man who's blaming them that is the real villain right meanwhile there's a a rival mob boss yes <laughs> who has the vases and so they have you get the idea um and then there's you know it's a lot of like back and forth and revenge and fighting and who do you work for who do you work for and slowly revealing what we all know which is that lee who is you know the right hand man or they call him the lawyer at a couple different points as well um he's he's the backstabber who's trying to get kwong who's you know like andy's boss andy and phil's boss andy and phil have like are the only two with well, Tina, I guess. Yeah. It's like American names. Quote, unquote. That's not true. Alan as well. For some reason, there's a guy named Alan. Oh, I'm sorry. Harry. I keep on finding more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tina's dad is Harry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's an English dub. Uh, and so, 
you know, this is this is very much um, when you're growing up and you think about foreign films or you see like it, it, this is like the stereotype. This is straight up the stereotype where you have a bunch of different random fight scenes and you have English dub. A I mean, poorly like... dubbed movie, <laughs> like bad acting in the dub. And like poor audio quality and all that. Right, kind of stuff. it's just like how the Power Rangers. I mean, watching the Power Rangers was like that. I didn't watch much Power Rangers, but oh. yeah, I mean, sort of. But they they created like their own English scenes on top of things too. Um, but yeah, like this is yeah. To shoot your point about the two hundred movies, like this is clearly a churned out movie. This is not yeah, this is just, meant to be high art. This is meant to be just consumed to be consumed. It wasn't like how Fight... Because Fight Back to School was the number one movie of the year in Hong Kong in 1991. Wasn't that like the top movie of the year? I don't remember if that's fully true, but it was like it was It was, it was like big. One of, it it made, was a big one. Yeah, that's a big... But that movie was better <laughs> yeah this, i mean like you can I tell mean, that there was like the thought behind that script yeah more, the, like this is this is you know we were talking about this earlier like this is basically like if hallmark were making martial arts movies yeah like this that's the level of like churn that we're talking about that's the level of like production value in a sense that's the level of like care that they put in the scripts like well we need like three dozen of these so get us a semi you know competent script and we'll go and right. The script here is like it's competent, but it's like nothing. I mean, it's just like a basic story. Yeah. That it's kind of like how Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man, was with their that future drug, and <laughs> all these people are like Everyone's coming after, for, it. after it, and then everyone is killed, and almost everyone dies, and <laughs> that type of thing. Kind of, except the difference between mm. these two movies is this does, like, even though it's involving, like, mobsters and gangsters, mm -hmm. there's very, very little gunplay, except for at the very oh, end. Oh, well, yeah, it's a and lot there's, of... like, no explosions. There's, well, like, one? Was there one? I don't remember. I know there's yeah, just yeah, a lot of... Yeah. I think near the end, there was there, just there a was lot of... There was the car that exploded, right? Okay. All I remember is the last fight, because that was, like, the one fight where I was like, okay, this is cool. But then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to get to the last last fight. Yeah, the last battle. because And then it's, like, people being thrown through windows and whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, like, the fights are... Cool. Crunchy. They're, they're like, very hard-hitting Yeah. Fight. Like, these people are being tossed around into very hard objects, and it's not faked. No. And at the end credits, which there is no end credits. Yeah, it's there's just no credits. There's no quote, like, words on the screen. It's just music yeah, over. It's not typical outtakes. credits that you see in a U.S. film where who plays who. It just the movie ends and then you get three seconds of nothing. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like a blooper reel behind the scenes of all the fight scenes that they had and then how much care each person got from like medical teams or whatever 
Yeah, like you see somebody flipping and they are supposed to flip over a railing, but they accidentally like land on their back on the railing. Yeah. And so then you see everyone... them being tended to after and getting it. It was just cool to see the other actors and stuff. They were all coming towards like after a certain scene would end they would all come to each other and be like are you okay like well i mean they don't say that but you can see them you know brushing each other off and checking if everyone was okay before the medical team appears right and i thought that was cool yeah and that's a pretty common thing that you see in some of these movies like i i grew up on some jackie chan movies and a lot of them have that same type of thing, but with actual credits scrolling along the side. But, you know, you see. Um, and, you know, a couple bloopers here and there in, in that whole thing, too. And it's tough to know how much of the humor in this movie is intentional versus not. If it's just because it's like, you know, a bad dub, bad acting. And that's why, like, some of the dialogue is funny. Or if they're actually trying to inject some humor into this and just not take itself super seriously. It's tough to know how... Like, with Fight Back to School, it's very obvious... Yeah, it's obvious it's supposed to be it's a supposed funny... to be jokey the whole yeah. time. This plays it very straight. But there's still weird sequences where... I don't know. Like... It's mostly the mother. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I mean, that for sure. Okay, so, yeah, the... And then, the mother of Tina, who's the girlfriend of Andy, she's just like this aloof person, right? I think we... Yeah, and... You know. um, but then, like, there's that scene with when the Chang guy at the end. Oh, I was... The guy that kept on getting injured, where he was laying in the bed with his shirt off? Phil. Phil, okay. When the girlfriend, yeah. Tina... When she's slapping him around. She's, like, sort of slap... Like, she's talking with her hands, like, anim... She's being very animated and talking, and when she's talking, she keeps on, like, slapping his chest. And he's like, oh, oh. He's like, can you just stop doing that? But she just keeps doing it. Yeah. And, like, that's supposed to be yeah, funny. I think you're right. I, I think there are, like, certain scenes. and But I don't know if all of them are supposed to be funny. So near the end, uh, Ching... Um, God, it's so stupid. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Let's, let's just introduce the whole concept of Chang in the first place, right? So, um, Andy and Phil are being framed for this thing. Uh -huh. Andy meets with Chang after going to a club with somebody or whatever. Oh, yeah. He meets him in a park where he says he just got out of prison not too long ago. And Andy was the one who framed him. And then, like, they have, like, a little tiny mini fight. And then they're, like, best friends again. Um, Ching's helping with, like, the espionage and the revenge and the fighting and all this kind of good stuff. Meanwhile, he has a girlfriend either named Emma or Anna. Don't know. Because it's tough to know and there's no credits to actually confirm one way or another. But both sounded like they were being said at any given time. And she wants just a normal life. And he is stuck in this world. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, let me just, you know, get all this stuff over. Long story short, bad things happen to Anna slash Emma. He goes to this hill after she passes away. And then there's like a, some really bad slow motion. And there's a bunch of 
It's just it's like a montage of their time together. Yeah, their happy times together. And everything and takes place on that same hill. <laughs> yeah. And that happens right before Ching gets murdered. Um, so it's like this very like elaborate... Like that's supposed to be funny? I think so. I don't... I thought that was like a I think like sad them, moment. Well, the like moment from... right before it was... Yeah. But then, like, when he goes to the hill, they're, like, super goofy images of him. But I think that's just him reminiscing about them being in a loving relationship. I think the fact that we're confused <laughs> as to what the intention is is my point. Okay. Like, I didn't I don't think know it was if funny. It's to be funny. Oh, you think that. Like, you... I think it's at least unintentionally funny. Okay. I didn't think it was funny at all. I mean, showing the same hill. <laughs> and yeah, like, but also just like the slow motion in the scenarios that they were in were kind of like. They're just like goofy. cheesy. Yeah, exactly. They were, yeah, yeah they're, they're super cheesy. Yeah, but I think that's why I think it's like a soap opera or like a sitcom because of that cheesy moment. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> I, I do like his one line. There's not a lot of great lines in this movie. But Ching does have one good line where he says, All my life I've been living in the shit. I smell really bad. <laughs> like, that's. I mean, I know this is like dub, so I mean. But I'm sure, yeah, the sentiments probably. Yeah. Um, anyway, like, there's not much to talk about in terms of the actual plot, but there's a lot of back and forth. It's very fast moving. It's basically just like, Okay, we've said these two words, now we're going to move on to another scene. And now these two words happen, this fight happens, and now we're going to move on to another scene. Without any sort of, like, real transition, no... I don't know. There, there's not, like, downtime in this movie at all. It's very fast-paced, and there's a bunch of different fights. Yeah. So that's not bad. I do think that some of the fights are uh, a little bit robotic, in my opinion. I there's think some fights scripted, where... But... They need to be safe, so it makes sense. Some fights where a lot of people are getting their necks slashed. Yeah. And there's a couple of times where a guy is getting their neck slashed. They, they're dying, but then before they fully die, they like sit up and make this face and then drop back down. Yeah, like a, lot they of, do this... a lot of like arching the back. Right yeah. before like collapsing into full death. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just I'm just wondering the court well the like the directing into that. It's like make your death look very uh dramatic. So like pop back up but then also die. Yeah. Yeah, and the special effects in terms of like the makeup and the blood is not very good. Like the squib work is is kind of subpar. The knife on the throats you can kind of you know like yeah. it looks kind of dumb um there are a lot more knife fights than there are gun fights mm -hmm. in this uh, as well as you know like fisticuffs and whatever but at least they find different areas and different locations to do this stuff in it's not a lot of prop work which is fine uh, but there i think not the really, props no. are mostly just used for like landing spots more so than creative uh again like if we're talking jackie chan like he uses the props as part of the fight and incorporates yeah. things in, you know um 
Whereas this is, you know, using the environment to do additional damage to somebody rather than try to create something brand new. I mean, we should, should we just talk about the uh, beginning trailer? Yeah, I Quote think... Quote, unquote, trailer. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, this movie is, is somewhat confusing. And then the fact that there was a trailer in front of it that didn't announce itself as a trailer... Uh, confused us even more we thought it was like a prologue to the movie at first yeah we well because this has happened before where we got a movie and it was the wrong movie we tried yeah there's like a one that we were going to watch for the podcast and everything on the streaming service indicated that was a 1991 movie but it was actually like a sally field movie from like 1974 it was the wrong thing but it's like the same name the same title yeah so we ended up and because not... like the credits are kind of weird because like, the credits that are on the box of my vhs uh-huh. are different names but similar names but different names than what's on imdb right so, so that we makes it a lot more confusing to everybody confused so when this quote-unquote trailer started we thought we were watching the preamble to this movie like a Kind of like how Hudson Hawk started way back in Italy with Da Vinci. So, I don't know. That's what I thought we were doing. Like, these vases were from the, quote, messy temple. Because the way that the the font is, is, it looks as if it's like closed caption font on the bottom of your screen. And I thought it was just a location spot, not the name of a movie yeah and i don't even think this movie was even announced like when retreat does retreat of the godfather pop up ever no so that's why it was so this so confusing how things were just kind of i mean i think maybe that's because of how it was distributed here to the u.s i i think if they just would have said like coming soon it would have been fine but i mean after the trailer it said coming in 1994 or something like that. Yeah. So, like, that's how we knew that that was done. But the, they, they did have production logos before the actual this movie, movie started. Uh, but nowhere did it But it, it doesn't say Retreat the... of the Godfather. I don't think so, no. That's what... But, I mean, that also kind of were... makes sense because they wouldn't have necessarily called that there, maybe? In Hong Kong? Yeah. But at maybe least not. show... I don't, um, I don't know. At least show the title i don't know but any the title card to show that we're watching a movie i don't know but yeah, but the, yeah so we're watching this shaolin popeye 2 messy temple messy temple thinking it's retreat of the godfather for at least 10 minutes until we're like oh this is a trailer because all of a sudden we see the guy from the uncle tat uncle tat from fight back from to school from fight back to school and we're like wait is he in mantan is he also in this retreat of the godfather and he's not no he's not that's we so were we had like, to pause and like we were like up. madly googling things cuz also i mean okay the other thing that adds to the confusion is that the video box in the video itself does not mention 1991 as a copyright date and so the weird mismatching names the 1994 copyright date from when the video was released and the fact that we saw Mantat Ng in what we thought was the actual movie made us question are we going to have an episode this week? (laughs) 
Uh, but um, anyway, like that movie looks awesome. Yeah, it's and it also has Michelle Yeoh in it. Mm-hmm. She plays like this witchy queen. I don't. It looks it's, like Houseu, but it's just as wacky as Houseu, but just all martial arts. And it has this little kid who is... He's basically the lead. Yeah, he's like the leader, but... Like the lead role. Yeah, yeah, the lead role. He's some sort of like master of... Martial arts. But he's like 10 years old or something. He has a shaved head, but he also has like spray painted on hair because he wants to look like Elvis. Because he had the sideburns and whatever. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a lot of goofy like there's the, a lot of the goofy. opening shot is um uncle tat holding this kid and using his head to ring a bell which then falls on top of an old man yeah and i was underneath. well and then i thought retreat of the i didn't know anything about retreat of the godfather i was like is this how this movie begins with this silliness right <laughs> this bell falling on top of a man but no i mean i think the moral of this story is that we probably want more of the silly type of movies. Yeah, I like the silly because <laughs> this the mostly serious ones. Fight back to I like fight back to school silly. Like this mm-hmm. was also silly looking, and I and I want to see it. Yeah, I want to see it too. Um, that's a nineteen ninety four movie. So. Yeah, so it won't be for the podcast, but we will watch it separately. But yeah, this this movie itself, no relation. And it is much more grounded in reality. Like, much more. Um, But it does have a very good epic fight scene at the end. I I will say this. I think one of the downsides is, like, it's... I guess it's meant to be something of a tragic tale or whatever. Because there's a bunch of different characters and a lot of people die along the way. I think everyone dies except for Tina. I think so. And her mom? Like, where's her mom? Well, yeah, the parents weren't there in that final battle scene. So, including her dad? I thought her dad would died. Did he? I thought. Didn't they come to their apartment and like ransack it? Yeah, but I don't think he died from that, didn't he? I have no idea. <laughs> I thought they just kidnapped her and then left. I have I don't I thought everyone died except for her. Okay. No, I think they're all alive. The parents. Know. Cause everyone that's involved with like, like the her mom boyfriend. was in the bathroom at the time and, and then, then she after, comes after she gets kidnapped the dad like she you know like the dad like throws something at the door right and then he she comes out with like the headphones on and is yeah like, she's oh, like what's going on oh yeah, never mind yeah, she's <laughs> just so like in her own world and aloof to everything. i thought that was after that so i don't know if if harry anyway, so if harry every... dies then uh, you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll you'll see a screenshot on the youtube version at some point. but i mean everyone that's in these rival gangs including like the bosses and her boyfriend everyone in that fight dies except for her it's kind of like double impact uh-huh. in that like you know they go in a specific order of importance and and die yeah largely um the one thing i missed and maybe it's just because of like the the franticness of this but they gave a lot of attention to ching's death they gave a lot of attention to Alan's death, who was Ching's friend, not even like one of the main three crew people who were, you know, trying to fight the, the big gangs. Phil? I don't remember when Phil died. 
Me neither, but he wasn't around. He wasn't there. Like, it, it, it was so inconsequential, which is so weird to me. They made a big deal, of course, about Quan. They made a big deal about Lee. They made a big deal about Andy. But Phil, I don't know. Was he the guy who, like, fell on top of those 30 crates? I don't know. Because <laughs> that was a really cool shot. I mean, that was like yeah. one of the best. That was like one of the best things. Like you, you see, like this overhead shot, and this guy just gets thrown onto like these pallets, and he crashes down hard through like thirty pallets down like a couple flights. It's it's there's some phenomenal parts, you know. Yeah, some phenomenal it's, action. It's parts mainly the that last fight scene where yeah, that's, everyone that's where dies they, except for Tina. Uh, but yeah, like everyone gets cornered, everyone says their piece, and everyone slowly dies from here on out and like Kwong dies but then he doesn't die because he had a bulletproof vest and then he you know then Lee dies who was trying to double cross Kwong and then uh, Andy gets killed and Tina is able to wrestle the gun and shoot Kwong in the head and she screams Andy and then bloopers yeah it was like she screams for him and then the end and then all of a sudden we're seeing bloopers and we're like oh okay that's I guess that's how it ends yeah, but I'm assuming Andy's dead because of the way that Kwong yeah. tried to kill him. And there and there definitely was a car explosion because there was that one brief car chase scene. Okay. Where they're ramming into each other, and then after that happened, one of them exploded. Okay. So that was like the one explosion. It's very obvious as to who the real villain is in this whole situation. It just takes a while for everyone else to catch up. Um, but at least it doesn't wear out its welcome. You know, it's not... Yeah, I wasn't bored. No, never bored at all. It was more... I was just kind of like, where is this going? Well, also, it was also like a bit of, uh, okay, now who was that? Well, yeah. Just trying to resolve our confusion about the different characters and who was who and, and what their relationship was to each other. Um, that's that kept half of my interest I'm like okay so I need to pay attention to this a lot more because this person's on the screen and maybe they'll say their name for once because Tina did not get her name said until probably like halfway through I don't think yeah that's why I was like okay she's the girlfriend and they yeah no one says their no one says anyone's names really yeah and like the 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 alternate boss I think it's Shu but it could be something different I think it's George Shu but again, I'm not 100% sure. So uh, there's there's a lot going on here. But I'd say like some of the fight scenes and the music were definitely the highlights. I mean, the, the very first fight scene you see when they're on like this playground, that has a little bit of creativity where he's using like the seesaw and some of the other playground equipment to fight these guys. But largely it's very straightforward legs and arms. We'll go over some of the cast and crew. There isn't a lot, and again, we had a tough time matching things, uh, but, you know, just in case you want to get into the golden age of Hong Kong cinema, a lot of these titles that I'm going to mention are going to be part of that. So, I don't know, like, what constitutes the golden age of Hong Kong cinema, though? Are you going to get into that a little bit more? Like, is it just because of the quantity? Or just the, the amount that came over to it was, international audiences? Yeah, it was the amount of what came over during the mid 80s it kind of 
I was reading so many articles and all these, I don't know, educational <laughs> journals or whatever. I was trying to find, like, uh, when or why it started. But, I mean, it just... A lot of these articles started off with the beginning of Asian film from, like, 1913. And it just kind of, like, became super popular with amongst people in the U.S., mainly because of Bruce Lee from the right. 70s. Yeah. So... And, and I think like because of that, of like midnight showings of other martial arts movies on right. So TV. martial arts movies became super popular over here in the U.S. and all over the world. So it made these companies in Hong Kong to make these. They call it Hong Kong cinema, and it was the golden age was from the mid-80s to the mid-90s because of how they were just, like, churning out all these movies, and a lot of them are really great movies. Or at least, you know, popular, have some yeah. good stuff going on. I'd say this is probably lower rung, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, and it's it also kind of just talks about, like, how it died down, but... That was, they said after like 1995 or 1996, it started to just die down. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, everything comes and goes in waves. So right. maybe we'll see another wave at some point. Um, so we got Chi Hua Chen is the director of this. Also directed a few other uh, movies like 36 Crazy Fists, Half a Loaf of Kung Fu, Police Story, which was a huge hit. Uh, also Heavenly Legend in 1999 was the last one he did. Uh, Chi Sheng She is one of the writers. He was also an actor in this, but I don't know who he played. I couldn't find a picture to, to know who, what character he was. Um, but he did act in this somewhere. He's also did uh, Raiders of Losing Treasure in terms of acting, which is where he was a little bit more prominent. Uh, did Revengeful Ghost and Super Warrior. The other writer is Ji Sheng Lu. In 1991, also wrote The Dignified Killers, Lucky Dragon, The Killer from China, That Vital Organ, Revengeful Ghost, Ghost Married, and Possessed. All the same year. So again, this is a factory mindset. Just pump them out. Chung Chung Ko played Kwong. Again, IMDb has it wrong. Uh, Golden Horse Film Festival Award winner for Love in the Shadow and A Teacher of Great Soldiers back in the 70s. He's also been in Miracles, The Canton Godfather, City Warriors, International Assassin, and My Wacky Wacky World, among, amongst many, many others. Wai Lam, who played Andy, Hong Kong Film Award winner, I'm sorry, Film Award nominee for Long Arm of the Law, uh, Hidden Power of the Dragon Saber, Disciples of the 36th Chamber, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, A Chinese Ghost Story, Tough Beauty, and The Sloppy Slop are some of his other credits. <laughs> Some of these titles are just amazing. I, I mean, just like the way that they are. Even Popeye 2, Shaolin Popeye 2. Messy Temple. Messy Temple. It's, I think they're like specifically designed to catch your attention in that way. You know? Yeah. Like Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars even is just like, well, what, what would that be about? And I think it's another mobster movie, if I'm not mistaken. I very well could be because I didn't look it up beforehand and I'm going <laughs> off of like 20 year old memories um and then yeah tough beauty and the sloppy slop I mean how could you not like if you see that on the video shelf just stop and look at the back 
Um, we talked at one point about uh, Wu Ma, who played Harry, a very prominent actor, been around for a long, long time. In 1991, he's been in like 10 different movies. I won't go through all of them at this point, uh, but most notably things like Gambling Ghost and Once Upon a Time in China, he's also in. Um, and then we also have Ching, was played by Dick Wei. That's the last person I'm going to mention, I think. Uh, he, again, a very prominent, well-known actor in Hong Kong. Uh, Money Crazy, Five Deadly Venoms, Project A, and Super Cop 2 in 1991. He's also in Stone Age Warriors, Queen of Gambler, Kung Fu Kid, and Godfather's Daughter, Mafia Blues. So, a lot of big names that are involved in these things. But maybe partly, you know, some of them are big names because... They get to be in a whole bunch of stuff, and they're just, you know, they're constantly presented to the public. But, I mean, some of those, I've heard of a lot of those movies. Yeah. Uh, no awards to mention for this one, which I don't think is too surprising, honestly. So, uh, we can roll right along to True Crime and Pop Culture. Okay, well, a lot of the pop culture that I already talked about it was just about the distribution of these movies and the golden age of Hong Kong cinema mm-hmm. but this movie was released on January 25th 1991 it was a Friday and it was also released on the same day as millions and uh, Virgin High was January 23rd and I just have what a what a weird trifecta of movies that is. Yeah, it's like really <laughs> weird, like Virgin. Because I mean, when I was, uh, when we were watching this, it made me also think of Millions because of how like the quality is. Yeah, like, and then even with the music, like that synthesizer-y yeah type music. That's why I was thinking, like, was this a made for TV type of movie? for Hong Kong, kind of like how I thought Millions was a made-for-TV movie for Italy. Yeah, I think it's just running gun there. Like, let's not worry about, like, lighting, you know, it's not going to be, like, brighter summer day or something like that, or we're going to, like, right. really focus on the aesthetics of the movie. Let's just shoot the scene, move on, shoot the scene, move on. So I just have a couple of other things, because we really don't talk about famous birthdays or famous deaths that month or for all that much all that much I don't know (laughs) because usually I look stuff up what happens on this day and a lot of it is just stuff I've never heard of and I just don't want to talk about it because I don't know anything about it or I just don't know these people so I'm like eh but on this day Ariana DeVos was born oh okay Oscar winner. Oscar winner Ariana DeVos. And um, I also have a famous death of a baseball player that you may or may not know. Hoot Evers. Hoot Evers? Yes. No. Okay. Walter Arthur Hoot Evers. Hoot is that? (laughs) (laughs) He played professional baseball from 1941 until 1956 he was 
and the Detroit Tigers, Boston Red Sox, New York Giants, Baltimore Orioles, and the Cleveland Indians. He was an outfielder. He he became a scout, a baseball scout. Okay. A coach. He's using his hoot hoot eyes to, <laughs> to scout people his out. Eyes look. It, it was. I was looking up. He grew up in Illinois, and he went to U of I, and uh, that's where he became. You know, he was scouted from sure. when he he was playing basketball and baseball and he got scouted for playing baseball and then he stopped playing basketball obviously Mm -hmm. but after he he got the name hoot because of this he was a fan of hoot hoot gibbons cowboy movies i don't know who that is either me neither He he was hired by the Detroit Tigers. So after he retired in, after 1956, he worked in the Cleveland Indians front office, and then he became a coach for the Cleveland Indians. And then in Ju- July of 1970, he was hired by the Detroit Tigers as the director, and then he became a scout for the Tigers in 1978. And on January 25th, 1991, that is where he died at the age of 69, and he suffered from a heart attack. No, I never, I never heard of The only Evers I've heard of is, you know, Tinkers to Evers to Chance, the famous trio. But that was, like, 1910s oh. decade, so. And I knew his first name was not Hoot, so. That's a new one. What was the... Who was the cowboy again? Hoot, whatever. Hoot Gibson. Hoot Gibson. Guess we gotta watch a Hoot Gibson movie. Uh, see, yeah, I'm not into cowboy movies, so no. I don't. The Hoot Gibson was an actor, so he was assume. an actor in cowboy movies. But unless yeah. he was the horse. Well, I don't know. I I, th- I figured Hoot Gibson would have been the director or something. Oh yeah, sure. I guess so. So should we move on to rankings and ratings? Yeah. Okay. Where on your one to five star scale are you going to put Retreat of the Godfather? I'm just going to give this movie a three. It's okay. Three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of oscillating. I'm going to say it's like a one and a half on my zero to four star scale. Uh, it's not bad. It, it really isn't. It's just um, I know that if we were to watch more of these, like, you know, because we mentioned like ten different 1991 movies from Hong Kong. From Hong Kong, yeah. It's... If we were to watch like 10 more, I feel like this would be on the back half. So. I think this is just like in the middle. I don't know. Yeah, I think, it, I don't know. I think if we saw enough, I would feel it slightly, like above, better ones? slightly below average. And so that's where I'm placing it right now. Um, but we were entertained. Like we were entertained. It was it was fun. Yeah, I wasn't bored at all. But we I weren't like... blown away. For the yeah, most part. I wasn't. the The funny parts, I was like, "Is that supposed to be funny?" Yeah. And then I was like, "Why is it trying to be funny?" Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, this movie, this music is really cool, but why did they have it there? Yeah. It doesn't always fit the movie. Um. Anyway, anyway, every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch this again? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're talking... I would watch uh, 
I don't know. I would watch the trailer to Shaolin Popeye <laughs> 2 Messy Temple just because that was a very weird and confusing 10 to 15 minutes. And, but now that I know that it's a trailer, I'll watch it again and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if I knew that somebody was wanting to watch this type of movie... I I'd offer it. I'd say yeah, you know, like this is this is an option for us. Right. But would I myself watch it again like alone? No, I wouldn't. Um as I said with Fight Back to School, I'm really interested in learning more overall about Hong Kong cinema and you know, I'd much rather watch 10 other movies rather than another one uh, one I've seen a second time. Okay. So I want to see Shaolin Poppy too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all these different things. But if you out there want to watch Retreat of the Godfather, as of this recording in April 2023, it's only available on VHS or possibly uh, bootleg import DVD. As always, check your local listings as that could change. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991 gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991 Movie Rewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies, long shows, and more. Next week, we're continuing our action theme with If Looks Could Kill. That's only on VHS or DVD. We will see you then. Thanks.